Hey everybody, welcome back to Church Public. A great special guest today, my wife Bethany. We're really excited to have her here today because today we're talking about parenting. We have a lot of years of parenting so far. Obviously, uh, we're not done with it yet, but we just want to talk about some of the things we've learned, some of the things we've done right, some of the things we've done wrong, and maybe, hopefully, it will help you as you are parenting. Thanks for joining us here at Church Public. Let's get started. All right, again, thanks so much for joining us here at Church Public. My name is Matt. This is my wife, Bethany. And if you haven't already, check out some of the other podcasts at churchpublic.com. You can also subscribe on all of the podcast subscription places. I really appreciate if you do that. It helps me and go ahead and share it. And if you like this, you know, give it a rating and share it with all your friends. So today we are talking about parenting. Parenting seems to be something that we really need to talk about more and more. So I brought on the best expert that I know, which oh, is my wife, Bethany. So we are talking about just some of the things that we learned early on mm -hmm. and some of the things that we really want to just give to you. You can choose to use these or not, but hopefully some of these things will help you as you look at um, how you parent and in the way you parent and knowing that every kid is different and that there are also several stages. We're going to look at several stages of parenting through this time as well. We didn't invent any of this information. Some of it is mm -hmm. through our own experience because we have four kids uh, ages 10 through 15 right now, uh, though we've been at a lot of different stages. At one stage, we were four under five. Is that right? Four and correct. Four under five. So that yes. was that was an exciting stage. But Exciting. we are past that, which is great. <laughs> and now we're in another kind of preteen teenager stage, which also has its own excitement and weirdness and things that are happening. But again, we just want to yeah. pass some of these things on to you so that you can hopefully apply some of these things. And we, we want to help you understand from a biblical perspective how to pour into your kids to hopefully, hopefully help grow them into adult humans and not just be kids for the rest of their lives because nobody wants that. So we're going to look at some stages. Again, I was saying we didn't invent a lot of this. Uh, we'll give credit where credit is due if we come across something uh, that we picked up from somebody else because there's a lot of good resources out there. There's a lot of resources that are not necessarily as good out there. And again, this isn't the only way. This isn't maybe even the best way, but this is the way we did it. And so far, uh, we love our kids. So we'll just yeah. leave it at that. And I was thinking too, when you're in that beginning stage of little tiny children trying to take over the world, I didn't have time to read books. We didn't. And um, we just happened to have two resources that stuck out to us the best. The first was a sermon by Andy and Sandra Stanley. And I swear to this day, I still listen to it probably twice or three times a year because it, it just changed the way we do everything. So we'll be referring to that for sure. And the other thing was... Uh, we found a family. We were uh, at a church in Indianapolis, and um, we found a family who had five kids, and these kids were incredible. They were incredible, and I actually taught this family piano, and so I was in their weekly lives, and then as I started to get to know them better, I just straight up said, we need help. We need help, and we want our kids to be like your kids. Can you please show us the way? And so they did, and so... Um, I say that to you too in the sense of you probably have a lot of people around you who 
are great resources. And sometimes you just have to ask and admit you need help. So yeah. That's a great perspective for sure. Looking into help from others. We definitely can't and even shouldn't do it on our own. That's really the story of the whole body of Christ. Um, so I think today what we're going to do, we're going to probably break this up into a couple of different sessions. We've done this live a few times and um, uh, this is our, our first time putting it out online. And I think a few sessions is probably a good way. So uh, expect one this week and maybe one or two in the next successive weeks. So I think today what we're going to do is just go through the stages, the stages of parenting, as Bethany was talking about, because the stages are important to understand that you do different things in different stages based on your kids' ages. Mm -hmm. And that helps you understand the different goals, because if you try to do the same thing all the time, you, you don't actually get to the goal that you want. I've right. definitely heard, like, for instance, just in a quick succession, like I've heard people, they just want to be friends with their kids forever. But not every stage is being friends with your kids. In fact, that's a late stage thing. You can't be friends with your kids. You have to be parent of your kids first. Right. And we're going to talk about kind of some of those ins and outs and a little bit of a break breakdown of different ages and stages so that we can understand like how to attack that's the wrong word but but attack some of those different stages of of parenting and and hopefully get the best results out of it i'll just say a couple more things um in terms of goals again in terms of goals being friends with your kid at the first is is not a good goal it's not a good goal to be friends with your they kid they don't need friends they need friends, um, but not right. from your parents. Right, not from your parents. Your they parents have friends, friends, but they only, sorry, they only get one set of parents. That's right. That's yeah. right. It's it's that whole thing. I mean, just in just in all <laughs> areas. No, no, that was really funny. Uh, in all areas, in, uh, you know, you have to do the right thing for the right time. Right, 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 right. And um, uh, another goal that I think is a bad goal is happiness. And that goes across a lot of different borders. But but when we're talking about parenting, the goal of of being happy or making your kids happy is a terrible goal. It like you want to make a good child. You want to make a child that has a good character and good values and good morality. And I would say, we would say, good faith as well. Those are those are the really important goals. Um, and even success. This is a tricky one. This is a hard one, especially now. A lot of people want their kid to be successful, and that is a goal, but it's not the number one goal. You can't have success be the first thing that kids shoot for because what happens just take uh, i'll just throw something out and and hopefully this doesn't offend you but like say baseball or football what if baseball is your number one goal for your kid and to to like to go and and be a baseball superstar and and join the premier team and do all those things and what happens if they get a knee injury or shoulder injury or something then who are they who are they if they don't have that thing that you've set up for them as the pinnacle right. of success in their lives um, again, that's not a bad goal. That may be what they're really good at and that may be what you aim at for a child, but, but you have to make sure that the goal is good character. Yeah. Then they will have so many different things that they can do. Then they'll be able to really lean into the, the, who God has made them to be and, and success is not the goal in itself. It's the goal of becoming a good follower. I, again, I, we're coming from a biblical worldview, coming from a good follower of Christ, and then you have all these other options that come down out of that. Um, so I, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, um, and we'll go into the steps, the different stages of parenting, and I'll let Bethany talk about the first stage. Sure, the first stage um, would be 
what the Stanleys referred to as the discipline years. And this is uh, inclusive of ages zero through five. And this is where you're just establishing with your children that there are consequences for their behavior. So um, this is where you're setting your expectations up and kids are learning that their actions will have consequences. And I would say the biggest, this is exhausting. I would say mm-hmm. this stage is the stage. most exhausting stage because it's constant. Mm-hmm. It's constant. It's constant. It doesn't end. And you're repeating yourself over and over and over. And, um, yeah, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. And I would say for this stage, follow through is the most important thing that you could do as a parent during these discipline years. So, um, yeah. And that's really hard because as parents, again, we we fall into sometimes the trap of wanting to make our kids happy or do whatever. And so mm-hmm. you make promises you can't keep, either good or bad. Like you can get this thing if you do enough or most of the time we say, if you do that one more time, we're going home. If you do that again, we're doing this thing and then we don't, we don't land actually that go promise. home or actually but if you yeah. s- you have to try and this is so hard if you say a thing you have to do a thing if you say you do that one more time we're going home then you go home and you ruin everybody's day by going home so that they know you mean it and so that they know you're not a liar and it, that sounds right. strong but it's true if you say something and then you don't do it that's lying and it's very in our family one of the highest values is you gotta Honesty. don't lie yeah. Um, because lying breaks the relationship. Well, we may say that a bunch of different times, but this is really important, and it's important for kids to know that if you say something, you're real about it, and you're true, and you're going to follow it up as hard as it is. So either hold your tongue and don't say the thing. That's important. We need to do that sometimes. Or if you say it, you got to follow through with it. And believe me, we have ruined a lot of different <laughs> events by a kid misbehaving and saying like, you are out of line and you're gonna ruin it for everybody and this is gonna be the consequence. Like we're all going home if you keep doing that and then we all go home and everybody's mad at everybody. But you have to, it's important because then they know you're serious. So when you get to the thing again, the next time you're like, hey, if you keep doing this, we're going home and they all remember like, please stop. Like we don't want to, we don't want to end this thing. We're gonna get better. Like, you know, there's no, we don't, and, and this is just us. We didn't do counting. There's no counting. Uh, it was Do like this by the time I count to three. Yeah, that yeah. never works no. because one and a half, two, two and a half. It keeps extending, and then, and then what? Counting teaches your kids to push back. You know, so in this stage, you could discipline for everything because there's so much chaos happening. Uh, we chose three areas: um, disobedience right away. That needs immediate correction. Um, disrespect, again, going back to that relationship and their heart. Anytime they would show disrespect towards us, towards others, towards their siblings, immediate um, discipline there, and then dishonesty. And that was another, that's our number one family rule. Mm-hmm. Be honest and don't lie. Yep. So three Ds, that's what really worked for us. Disobedience, dishonesty, and disrespect. Because you kind of have to choose the most important things to address during this stage, but those three things got immediate attention. Um, Yeah, and so again, it's exhausting. It's exhausting, but well worth it if 
you follow through and you just kind of bear down because you know they say the years are long but the or the the days are long long. but the years are short short. it's well worth well worth Mm -hmm. the effort Mm-hmm. So those are the discipline years, um, ages zero through five. Next, uh, we have the training years. And the training years um, are between the ages five and 12. So we still have two-ish kids in this stage. We're still yeah. kind of working through this stage. Um, this is more where we're putting the why you obey us or why you act the way you do. Um, and kind of the what of our rules and expectations with the kids. So the reason I'm telling you not to lie to your brother or not to lie to your teacher is because it breaks the relationship. You know, helping them see that the consequence is more in um, a, a moral view and this is more shaping their character. Again, back in the discipline years, like their character isn't really... It, it's forming, but they're still just trying to learn how to survive, you know? Now by age five and, and through 12, it's their heart that we're starting to shape. Anything? Yeah, no, and again, I, I just want to come back to the foundation of this. is all about relationship, right? Yeah. And it's not about being friends, but it's about the relationship you have. It's about training your kid, like Proverbs says, in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's really important. We believe that you begin that training. And these are kind of the three stages of training, right? The three stages where you're building different parts of the relationship. And when, you know, they're three years old, you can't tell them, you can say, don't run across the street because you're going to get hit by a car. But they don't comprehend that, right? We all know that. They don't understand where the car's coming from. They don't understand any of those things. And then as they get older, you begin to go like, oh, this is a street and this is where the cars drive. This is why you don't run across it. Um, But it is all about the relationship. So in the beginning, you're just saying like, there's basically just rules. It's like, here you have to learn the rules. Don't do these things. Do these things. And then as they begin to become older and more cognizant and, and they can process and understand, the why really is important. Because if you keep giving them rules, and again, I've seen a lot of parents do this. We've all seen parents do this. If you just keep giving them rules with no reason behind it, they're going to rebel from that. Yeah. Because as human beings, you know this. Even mm-hmm. as an adult if your heart is just given all these rules you feel constricted because you're like i'm just doing this for no reason and there's no and and again there are different levels and kinds of exhaustion that you have through these things the first stages are just not sleeping because no one's sleeping Mm -hmm. uh the second stage is exhausting because you're just explaining 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 you you want to explain the why but they're always going to also ask why 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 that's just what they do you know you know this is what kids do but it is really important, as much patience as you can muster through prayer, amen, uh, that you explain these things. Why are we doing this? Why is it important? And not just running across the street, but like, why do we not lie? Why do you want to treat people with kindness? Going through the fruit of the spirit, like a spiritual part is obviously a big part of this too. Um, we'll, we'll touch on that at a later point. but. But it's just, it's really important to explain the why because then you're not just rules for no reason. There, there is a way of living that is better. And that this, this is just really important. And they begin to understand it. And I'll just say this as a, as a, a final thought before I turn it back over. Um, they understand way more than we give them credit for, even at a young age. They really do. They see it. They understand it. Uh, we, sh- we obviously... We need to give them the level of information for their maturity, but 
it's really important to to go through this process and explain and and it, it's not to develop just like perfect obedient children it's to develop children that then become adults and then hopefully i'll, I'll just keep going on because i'm always looking forward become leaders because they know how the world works and what their place is in it and and why it's important again back to why why is it important to be a good person in this world and again we're going to say be a Christ follower in this world and, and have that faith as well as the character and the values to back that up. Um, anything else on those training years? No, I think we'll get into more later, but the next stage would be the coaching years. And I would say we're well kind of in our way with this one at ages 12 to 18. And this is where we're just giving our kids a little more freedom on mm -hmm. the rope and letting them um, have a safety net to explore different situations um, on their own and helping them experience um, consequences for their actions without us bailing them out. And a phrase that kind of sticks true to us right now is uh, don't bail, let them fail. And we've been working on that with, with our kids. It's so tempting to jump in and solve their problems for them. And, but really that's doing a disservice to them because it's not teaching them how to problem solve with the tools we've been giving them mm -hmm. along the way. Um, yeah, don't bail, let them fail when the stakes are low. You know, I guess a, a good example of that would be your child gets a bad grade. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times as parents, we're tempted to march right in there and, and solve the problem and talk to the teacher, <laughs> you know, rather than, you know, saying, all right, well, let's go back to the drawing board here. Like, have you why did you get the bad grade mm -hmm. and what have you done to fix the problem have you talked to your teacher have you did you really do your best work you know and letting them struggle and come to their own conclusion like with integrity yeah. too it's super easy for our kids to blame other people it's like teaching them in these coaching years to take responsibility for themselves in a biblical way that shapes their character and helps them separate from being under mom and dad's wings um you know into their own sphere and during these coaching years like i always thought i was a baby person i thought i loved i love <laughs> the babies i do love the babies but like i am in love with these teenager years because we're starting to experience some of the fruit yeah. that the hard grit gritty work of those discipline years and training years, we're seeing the fruit of it now because our kids love to talk to us. Yeah. They love to talk to us. And we've kept those doors open so that nothing is ever off the table. Yeah. And we also have to work really hard to keep our reactions like, oh, that's that's cool. You you just smashed the car. You know, like depending on the situation, not to come across so that they'll feel condemned yeah. or judged or or yeah. that mom and dad aren't a safe place. Like yeah. during these years, our goal is that we are the safe place for the kids to land with their problems, and we'll be a voice that helps them, but we're not going to solve their problems for them. So these coaching years are are fun, and they're also too like some days, many days, I'm like. I would so much rather change a poopy diaper right now than deal with the emotional Ooh, drama emotions. that's going on so much as they wrestle through this mm -hmm. issue. So you're, you're, you know, the, mm -hmm. the early years, it's like diaper survival spit up. And these later years are like, 
heart and emotion and real real wrestling and it's it's hard it's really hard but these coaching years can be a huge blessing if you keep the lines of communication open with your kids um, as much as possible anything else on that one uh yeah i just want to do another kind of overarching statement and, and look at the whole thing and first of all say to whomever is listening don't feel like it's too late oh yeah because I definitely have talked to people with teenagers who said I didn't do any of this as they were kids and now now it's not working and is it even worth it? Where do I start and whatever. So one, it's never too late. And again, this goes back to our spiritual beliefs that there's always second chances and you can always turn back to the grace of God. And as believers, we're supposed to represent that grace to other people, especially our kids. We're supposed to give them grace and, and help them work through this. And I recognize that there's a lot of, uh, how do I say this? Families that are not, n- not traditional, not nuclear. You know, you, you, there's stepkids, there's divorce, there's all kinds of things involved, and and that stuff happens. And so you just have to deal with what you have. You have to deal with what you have. You have to deal with the situation that God has put you into, and do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And these principles do work in all of those situations, but they may apply a little bit differently. So that's a big thing. And then in the specific stage, I just want to say, like the reason these stages are important is this: if you have then missed teaching your kids the rules, teaching your kids why the rules are important, and you get to their 16 and 17 and they're going off and doing crazy things and you try to just clamp down on the rules, it's not effective. And I want to say that really strongly. It's not effective when you take away all of their things and you ground them and do all these things. uh, I'm just going to say it doesn't help. Again, talk to any parent. Has that really worked? Almost never has that worked. And the reason is because you don't have this foundation of understanding and this foundation of communication to work through. Again, if you haven't started, like start, just just start doing it. But but the rules, especially when they're teens, late teens, is not the place to clamp down because they have to understand why this yeah. matters. And it, and it really makes a difference because you can't treat a 16-year-old like they're a two-year-old. It just doesn't work right. because in their maturity they have matured beyond two and they need to know why something is important just think about yourself if someone told you now you lose all your freedoms you want to know why it's really the same type of situation so you have to begin these conversations and they're hard and they're uncomfortable and you have to work through them and and it's really it can be really difficult and hurtful and all these things but it's really important to do those hard conversations not Mm -hmm. to ignore it but also not to just come down so hard that you try to crush their spirit the spirit is really important you want to You want to curb their behavior, especially if you're sitting there and you have these younger kids. You want to curb their behavior, but not crush their spirit. Spirit. This is really important. Hopefully that makes sense. So so then when you get to these later stages, as Bethany is talking about, then you can have these conversations. And we do, I mean, to be fair, like we have a lot of great conversations because we put in a lot of work in these early stages and fortunately we found this stuff early and and we want to help why I you have so many wrinkles <laughs> that's why okay sorry <laughs> that's why we want to help you now again learn some of these things if you can early and then if not again just just begin to apply them it's just really important to to be age and stage appropriate as you're working through these things because 
there is a friendship stage. We'll talk about that in a, in a moment. But you, but it's it doesn't happen for a long time. And these mm -hmm. first eighteen years are teaching them the rules and and doing obedience and disobedience and training them and then coaching them through these hard things and these hard conversations and yeah. letting them fail. What she was saying is really important in terms of like. You want to give them a little bit of rope and hope they don't hang themselves with it and you just keep giving a little bit. And, and, and in that low risk environment, how great is that, right? You're still around and you're still there and you, they can try things and maybe fail on some things. And you can say, oh, that was not the way to do it. Let's like pick that up and fix it and you fix it. How and could we just, you do it better? Let's do it better, do it let's yeah. go through. And because, because again, hopefully you have the same goal that we do eventually they'll go away and be their own little humans. But that's really great. And that's, I think, what we all want. We all want them to go and be productive humans. And again, I would say leaders. Why right. not shoot high? Like aim that your kids could be leaders in this world. And I'm, I, I, I'm not even talking about aptitude or abilities or skills or anything. I'm just saying like, just try to equip them with everything you possibly can so that they're ready to be successful in this world. And some of that is in Internal. We talk a lot. Uh, I talk a lot on this channel about like these external things that come at you and people respond in wacky ways to them. Yeah. If you create uh, a character, if you help them create a character in your kids that they can withstand the crazy circumstances of life, like how much better and how much more ready are they going to be for the world? So, and I also think too, if you think you've um, failed and it's too late, there's so much power in humility in going to your children in an authentic way and just saying, I messed up. Mm. And here's where I dropped the ball in trying to understand you and trying to explain things to you. Like asking for forgiveness too mm -hmm. is a great way to model Christ's love and Christ's relationship with us too. And also teaching our children to be humble, mm -hmm. like to admit, I screwed up. I need to do over. I hurt you when I did this. You know, there have been many times, especially with teenagers who are really wrestling through things where I've come across, I haven't let them fail. I've tried to bail and I have to go back to them and, and say, I'm really sorry that I did this. I misinterpreted this and I know that hurt you. Can you forgive me? Can we start again? Because guess what? I love you and I am your number one fan. And just, you know, just modeling that humility. I feel like that's important. And the response is like 99% of the time, yeah, mom, Great. totally, let's yeah. move forward. You know, just keeping that relationship open and keeping them talking, keeping them talking, keeping them talking during these coaching years is just key. Okay, so we had discipline stage, training stage, coaching stage, final stage. Friendship. Friendship. The goal. The goal, and I guess um, we got this from Andy and Sandra Stanley. Like, they wanted their kids to want to be with them. And I was like, yes, yes. Like I have that with, with my family. Like we just want to be together. That was just kind of ingrained in us. And as adults now, we're, we're great friends. And I want that for our children. I want them to want to be with us. And, um, that's what's happening in these friendship years. And those are 18 plus, 18 plus. You've gotten the discipline, the training, the coaching kind of out of the way. Then it's appropriate for friendship because they are adults. They can hopefully navigate through 
their lives successfully and it's just like the the enjoyment stage right <laughs> the enjoyment stage is um a goal to get there not that there won't be coaching and training still but getting to that friendship stage too soon is a tragic mistake that many many families make so i would say make that the end goal rather than the right now you're four years old and we're best friends like yeah yeah and then and that's just a really important thing to just note that um the first 18 years are really important and the first 18 years are when you're more of a parent you're parenting them and then hopefully you get to this place where you can be adult friends but you have to all be adults to be adult friends so you have to parent in the first 18 years these are the four stages that we have really applied um pretty intentionally over the last 16 years of our kids lives and i, I hope that helps you uh we're gonna do a couple more sessions on some different aspects of parenting as we go through but this has been just a general overview really quick flyby of the parenting stages and how hopefully this can help you um i'm gonna let bethany just close up with a couple little words here yeah a phrase that's rung true for us is from the Stanleys again, don't trade what's unique to you for something else someone could do. So what's unique to us here are our four children. Mm -hmm. We are the only two people who have been given these four lives. And so they're unique to us. Mm -hmm. Anybody can teach in a classroom. Anybody can be a board of direct, have, you know, have, be yeah. a board of directors. Like, but like the only thing that is unique to us is our four children and how we shepherd their hearts because we can do it in a way that God has only picked for us to do. And that's the same thing for you. Don't be shirking off the responsibility to a teacher or a Sunday school teacher or their friends or their friends' parents. Your children are unique to you. You are the only one mm -hmm. who should have the main role of shepherding their heart. And so, yeah, that's... It's actually a huge responsibility, a huge responsibility, but it's helped me in moments where I've been like, this is so hard, I should go do something else. But, but no, what, what we've been called to is our, our four kids and, and um, that responsibility. That's really important. And we talk about that a lot here on the channel because this culture, again, in, in talking about faith and culture, which is what we do at Church Public, we the culture really wants you to go and succeed at business and and yeah. and i mean i'll just throw it out there especially as a woman like being a mom being a homemaker even like we've had a lot of shade thrown in terms of being a stay-at-home mom like that's it's not culturally cool it's not acceptable to be a stay-at-home mom but but there is no greater job, and I'm talking moms and dads, there's no greater job than you've been given by God than to raise your kids. There is no greater job. He, yeah. There are two things in this world that are eternal, God's word and people, that's it. Everything else is gonna burn yeah. away and fade, and you can't take your money with you, you can't take your stuff with you, but your kids, you can invest in their eternal future. This is really, really important stuff, and so to have that perspective, I, you know, to say it strongly, like to have the perspective is really really important to know that there are going to be seasons there are going to be yeah. seasons where you work differently and if like for moms but for dads like if you're working a hundred hours a week and you're never home and never in your house and and parenting 
I'm just gonna say you may want to evaluate that because because you're not giving your kids the chance to know you, the chance for you to grow them. Dads, it's really important to be in the home. Moms, it's really important to be in the home. Again, I know not every situation is perfect and you don't have all these things, but dads, if you have the ability to do this, I used to sit in my car when I worked an office job, which was exhausting mentally and emotionally. Uh, long story, it doesn't matter. But, but I would have to get home and I would sit in my driveway for like 10 minutes and go, okay, I'm going, I know I'm exhausted and I want to just go in and sit down for the rest of the night and fall asleep on the couch and do things. I'm going to ramp myself up and now I'm going to be dad. I'm going to put my dad hat on and I'm going to go in and say, okay, we're going to play. We're going to run. We're going to yell. We're going to do whatever we need to do. I'm going to engage. If there's discipline, we need to do this one thing. You're going to save me. Yeah. A lot of days it was that it was like, she'd be home all day and I would get home and she's like, I'm out, like drop the mic. You, I'm going <laughs> to, you just do whatever, you know, like, and fine. Right. Like, so you, you just have to know, and it's going to change every day. So you can't predict any of this, but, but you just have to know, like internally you're going in and you're going to be the dad. You're not going to be the bump on the log. You're not going to be couch pillows. You're going to be a dad and it takes a ton of energy and you're always exhausted and you never get enough sleep. And that's parenting. So that's, that's part of it. And it's really important. And it's just, and it's, believe me, it is also so rewarding. Don't yeah. let me sell it like it's a bad thing. Like it's so, so, so good. There's, um, somebody said to me, you can love your kids in your hearts, which we all do. But if you don't love them on your schedule, oh. then too bad, so sad. Like mm. your love is not expressed in the <clears throat> fullest form that it could be. And yeah, you do want to come home and veg, but like. That's what do you want your kids to remember? You want your kids to remember you were engaged, you were present, you were interested in them. And like practically what that looks like for us is like, you know, a lot of game nights. It's a lot of get up, we're going for a walk. It's a lot of, you know, um, oh yeah, dates are good. One-on-one -on -one dates with the kids. We yeah. try to schedule those in and just, it's ongoing and it's exhausting. But something that helps me too is, uh, my friend told me the first 20 years of your life, all about you. You can do whatever you want. It's all about you. And then during the normal course, the second 20 years of your life, if you're married, it's pretty much 0% about you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're learning to love a spouse. You're having children. You're learning to love your kids. And it's 0% about you during that second 20 year chunk. And then the 40 through 40 through the rest of your life it starts to shift back mm. to yourself again and these 20 years you know while you're raising kids it's a blink it's a blink it's a blink and we always say we're going to sleep when we're dead you know because there's a time and a place for it and the time and a place to back off is not when you have children in your house <laughs> it's double down and and make memories that last with your kids and shape their little hearts. So thanks for joining us on Church Public today for this parenting podcast. We will have more to come. I really appreciate it. If you want to check out more of the other content, go to churchpublic.com. Thank you for being here. God bless and keep the faith.